Welcome to Wapton New Life Church of God. Um, my name is Joanne Cianci. As you can see, uh, Pastor Kufel is not here today. I'm preaching today. Um, we're coming from New Life at 1021 Center Street, Wapton, North Dakota. The phone number there is 701-642-3487. And we welcome you this morning to um, our our service at Wapton today at the campus New Life and I'm gonna put in a little humor today I went to pick up my son we we don't live here we live in Fargo North Dakota and we discovered that his cat Tigger has a, um, a hankering for donuts <laughs> apparently Tigger got into the donuts last night so that's a little humor for you to wake uh, if you're not completely awake yet it's Sunday morning that'll help you out a little bit um, we're talk I'm going to preach today from the book of Job um, and the title of my uh, sermon today is storms in life and uh, we're going to be looking at what happened to Job in uh, chapter 1 and part of chapter 2 today and I will be reading scripture in and let's let's come to the Lord in prayer Lord God we we come to you Lord God knowing that you are God there's none other than you there's only one God and it is you there is no one else Lord and we thank you for the breath of life today we thank you Lord that you woke us up this morning we thank you Lord that we are in our right mind before you Lord well life comes from you life comes from you and we thank you for this precious thing called life that you've given us and we thank you for your precious Savior Lord Jesus Lord come and be with us today with your precious Holy Spirit come and be with us and everything that is said and done in Jesus name Amen Okay, so I'm reading from verse 1, chapter 1 of the book of Job. There was a man in the land of earth whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys donkeys and a very large household so this man was the greatest of all the people in the east now his sons would go and feast in their houses each on his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them so it was that when the days of feasting had run their course and Job had had sent and sanctified them he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings and according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may have been in my son may have been that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. And now we we come to a part where Satan um, has um, decided to attack Job's character. And there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them and the Lord said to Satan from where did you come so Satan answered the Lord and said from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it 
And then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. And so Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. So the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding beside them when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And then he, while he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell upon heaven and burned up the sheep and the ser servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away. Yes, and all killed all the servants with the edge of the sword, and I am alone to escape to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. And the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed is the name of the Lord. In all this Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. And then we go to chapter 2. Satan's not happy with just doing that to Job. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came along with them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, From where did you come? So, the Satan, so Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on the earth. And then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant, servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil, and still he holds fast to his integrity, although you have incited me against him to destroy him without cause? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for sin, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. So the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. 
Then Satan came out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with faint, painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took it for himself a potsherd and would scratch, scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold on to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. So my talk, my uh, sermon today is about the storms of life. Many of us have gone through them. If we've lived any amount of time, any amount of years on this earth, we will have hard times. And sometimes they, times are not so hard, and sometimes they are very hard. And sadness comes to all of us. But our God remains the same. He is unchangeable. And we see here, um, there are two things that, that will um, shake and uh, weaken our faith in God. There's pleasure and there's pain. Pleasure makes us content with our lot in life, and then we, um, we sort of drift away and we have no need of God. And pain, many times we, we feel isolated, that perhaps God has abandoned us. And we know that's a lie from Satan. The Bible says Satan is the father of all lies. And many times when we're in a lot of pain um, in the dead of night, he will come to us and tell us that we are all alone and there is no one else um, that's going through the situation we are uh, or no one else cares. And that too is a lie. Satan's purpose, what is Satan's purpose in all this? To separate God from man. In Romans 8, 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And the other part of this is to separate man from God, to, um, to have our eyes on our burdens, to... And that's easy to do because we're human and to separate us from God. But our relationship with God should be our priority. Our relationship with God is based on our choice. In Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. In other words, we are to love God with everything we have, all the time. It is a choice. And there is a cost of, of walking, a cost for walking with God. What happened here? What did Job do when he lost all except his wife and himself? The first thing we see is he went to God. What an example to all of us not to turn and to run from God, not to blame God, but to run to God. Job 1.20 says, Then Job arose and tore his robe in in an act of mourning and and being humbled and shaved his head 
and fell to the ground and worshiped God. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and continuing steadfastly in prayer. No matter what our situation is, we still have hope. No matter what our situation is, we are to be patient in tribulation, patient in our troubles, patient in our pains, continuing patient, steadfast in prayer. Psalm 63, 3 through 5 says, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. This will I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. The second thing Job did was keep his eyes on God, not on what was happening around him. And that's so easy to do because we live in a world. We live here. It's so easy to get our eyes off of God and get our eyes on our problems and our pain. But he kept his eyes on God. Job 1.21 says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. Naked, this world's blessings, we will leave them behind. They're temporal. They are fleeting. They're here today and gone tomorrow. I once, once, uh, we once had a church clerk that said she never saw a U-Haul behind a, a hearse. Meaning, in a funeral procession, you, you won't be taking your, your possessions with you. They, they will stay here. They will stay here. They are, they are uh, part, of the, part of the earth. They will be, not be going with you. The second part of um, that verse, um, naked I will depart my mother's womb. He knew that life was brief. Life is brief, brief, and yet sometimes it seems like time stands still and it takes forever to get to the next day. And then when we look back, it is like time has just flown away. Job 1.21 says, Blessed be the name of the Lord. We need to praise him in all of the things, in all things, for God is worthy to be praised in everything, in every situation. Ephesians 5.20 says, Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I have a quote here from E.S. Jones. It says, Bitterness comes to all. It sours some. It sweetens others. I shall use it to sweeten my spirit. And the third point I'd like to bring out is Job knew that God was for him and not against him. Job 13, 15 says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. God is sovereign. God will accomplish what he pleases. He is the supreme ruler of heaven and earth. Ephesians 1.11 says, In whom, in Christ, in Christ also we have obtained a, an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who walks, 
who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Luke 22:31-32 is another example. This isn't the only example of um, in scriptures of Satan shifting someone, Satan um, trying to weaken their faith, separate them from God. In Luke 22, 31-32, it says, And the Lord said to Simon, 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 indeed Satan has asked for you, that he may shift you like, like wheat. But I have prayed for you, that you your faith should not fail. And many times, Satan is the accuser, the adversity. He is, a, he is the accuser of the brethren, okay? We also see three, we see three main themes in this passage. We see one, uh, the first theme is suffering. The second one is Satan's attacks. And the third is God's goodness. Suffering, though nothing, Job, through nothing that Job had done, he had lost his wealth, his health, and his children. For Job, his greatest trial was not pain or loss, but not knowing why God had allowed this. Perhaps you're in a situation like this. Perhaps. You're in a situation where there is a lot of suffering in your life, and you don't see the way out. I encourage you to, to um, if you're not going to church, I encourage you to get in a church, that, a caring church. I encourage you to get in your word. I encourage you to make a quality decision to praise God and put your eyes and and um, trust God to put to. Gaze steadfastly on the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And the point, um, and what happens with uh, suffering, suffering can be, but not always, is a penalty for sin. In the same manner, in the same way, prosperity is not always the reward for being good. Those who love God are not exempt from trouble. Although we may not be able to understand fully the pain we experience, it can lead us to a deeper walk with God. The second theme in this, in this um, part of uh, God's word is Satan's attacks. Satan's attacks happen to all of us when we're trying, when we make God a priority in our life. Um, God didn't promise that once we became a Christian, that everything was going to be great. He did not promise that. We're still going to have problems. We're still going to have trials. We're still going to have suffering. We see Satan trying to drive a wedge between man and God. He tried to get Job to conclude that God couldn't govern this world in a good and just manner. Satan had to... And I'd like you to note here, Satan had to ask permission from God before he could touch Job. We see and understand that Satan is limited to what he can do. God has set boundaries concerning Satan. John Newton once said, Satan can only go to the end of his chain. 
I'm going to say that again. Satan can only go to the end of his chain. We need to recognize that Satan's attacks will always be limited and subject to God's will and great power. I'm going to say that again. This is important. We need to realize that Satan's attacks will always be limited and subject to God's will and great power. We will never be able to control God's, Satan's attacks or, will, or when they will happen but we will always have a choice in how we respond. Choose God and his ways. Choose God and his ways. And the third theme in this passage is God's goodness. We know and understand that God is all-powerful and all-wise. His will is perfect. In Isaiah 55, 8, it says, For my thoughts, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. Even though God is with us all the time and everywhere, there are times he feels very far away. We should never forget that we are to serve God for who he is, not for what we feel. Because his word says he is sufficient. We must hold on to him. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace... My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And if we look uh, again to these scriptures, we look a little harder, we will find the following situation. There are symptoms here, there's a problem, and there's a solution. The symptoms, here's a righteous man who loves God. And what happens? All, his all of his servants, except for a very few, are killed. Only four remain. All his livestock is dead, his children are dead, his wealth is gone. His health has been taken from him. And the problem is, um, and, then, and perhaps, and a lot of us would probably think, would, would probably assume the same thing. The problem is that God took it all. He took it all. He allowed for it to all go. Um, he destroyed everything. Um, even though Job was a righteous man, he loved God, and he worshiped him. In, in, um, in the manner and then the culture that he was taught, he was taught to um, make an altar and, and uh, make a sac sacrifice. That's what they had to do then before Jesus. And he had done all this. He had, he had done it for himself and for his children, um, his adult children. And he had tried, um, he walked in integrity he was, um, he was, uh, there was no other man like him on earth. No other man like him on earth. And he lost everything. He lost everything. So the problem looks like that God is to be blamed. God is to be blamed. That's what the problem looks like. That's from his viewpoint, and it would be our viewpoint too. And the, but the solution is to seek the face of God 
and to continue to worship him because he isn't to blame. Satan was to blame. And sometimes we, we don't know when things, things get really rough. We don't know if it, if it was God. If we're Christians, we don't know if it was God or if it was Satan that did something to, um, to touch our lives, to bring us down, to try and separate us from God. But we need to do what Job did. He kept his eyes on God. What happened when he lost everything? What did he do? He went into mourning. He, went, he got down on his knees in humility. He worshiped God. He worshiped God. And then what we, what we should all do is we should ask ourselves, what does this passage say to me? Does, does it show me anything? Does it, it teach me anything? We have to keep our eyes, our eyes and our mind open to what God has to say to us. In Genesis 1.1, I'll take you back to Genesis 1.1 this morning, and it says, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. By his great power and by spoken word, or maybe even God, he probably thought it first, and then he spoke it. And if our faith, belongs and is steadfast in God. If he is, he is the God that created heaven and earth, will he not take care of each one of us? Will he not see us through our situation? Will he not bring us through to the other side? Because he is that God that created heaven and earth out of nothing, the word created means something was made out of nothing. And he is that God that created nothing, something, something as marvelous and wonderful as heaven and earth. He can take care of us. No matter what our situation is, he can take care of us. He is a great God. He is our sovereign God. He will not leave us and he will not forsake us. What happens to Job in the end? I bring you to the end of Job, Job 42, um, chapter 42, 10 through 17. And it says that his fortunes were restored twofold, two times as much as he had before. Whatever he had before, it is double now. He, he was given again seven sons and three daughters. The daughters were the most beautiful in all the land. He lived 140 years. He lived, he lived to see four generations, three, genera three generations after himself. So we can conclude whatever was taken away from him was restored completely. I'd like to tell you a story 
um, about prayer and a great storm in someone's life. Um, the man's name was James David Ford. He was a chaplain of the United States House of Representatives for many years. He told the following story about a prayer to, to um, uh, the book that I'm re I read and resort, um, I, I um, take quotes from, uh, 750 engaging illustrations. In the spring of 1976, he decided with a few friends that they were going to take a sailing vessel, 31-foot sailing vessel, across the, across the ocean from Plymouth, England to, um, from Plymouth, England to New York, about 6,000 miles. In the middle, uh, somewhere in the, in the journey, they came across a storm. Not a regular storm, a hurricane, no less, in the middle of the ocean, a hurricane hit. They battled that hurricane. We have storms, maybe the last um, uh, hour or two. They battled in that boat a hurricane for three days. Three days they battled a hurricane with 35-foot high waves. They battled it. And he thought to himself, why am I out here? Why am I out here? Just to prove that I am brave and, and wanted adventure? Was this a foolhardy thing that I have done? Because his father had told, them, told him, cautioned him before he left. He said to him, James, you you're an adult man. You're a father. You have five children. Wait until they grow up and then do this. Wait until they grow up. He did not do that. The skies were black. The clouds were scuttling by. I wanted to pray to God to stop the storm. But I, I knew that I had done this and I had volunteered to do this and I felt I, I didn't have any right to pray. I didn't really have to go across the ocean. And then he said he came up with this marvelous prayer, seven words, a marvelous short prayer of seven words. And he said, oh, God, oh, God, I've had enough. Amen. And what happened? Within a half hour, of battling a storm for three days, the skies lifted. It was like a screen came, um, a screen on a wall that just lifted up and the sun came out. Was his prayer tied to the opening of the sky? He wasn't going to worry about that. He wasn't going to debate that. One thing was certain, a simple, sincere prayer made the difference. Sometimes we don't even have time to pray. Sometimes all we can do is utter the name of Jesus. That happened to me once when my children were small. We lived in a small town in Illinois, in Grant Park, Illinois. And, um, and um, we were, we got used to country roads 
we had been in the city all our lives, and there were lights in every, every street corner. It wasn't completely dark, but in the country, it's completely dark. And we came to a hill, and this man was passing on a hill, which is not a smart thing to do. And we were on the side that he was coming, head on. And all I could yell, my husband was driving, and all I could yell was, Jesus. I had no time to pray anything else, and we made it. He, he got back in his lane before he hit us. All, I, all the time I had was to yell, Jesus. And I'd like to give to you some scriptures. Deuteronomy 30, 30 14 says, But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. But the word, and who is the word? The word is Jesus. But Jesus is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. Deuteronomy 30, 20 says, And that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years. He has given us our very own the Lord has given us our very own breath. It says to hold fast to him. Hold fast to him in our, in our good days and our bad, to hold fast to him. The Lord is your life. The Lord is your life. Deuteronomy 33, 27 says, The eternal God is your refuge refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms arms to hold you up in the time of trouble arms to hold you up in the time of suffering psalms 105 4 says seek the lord in his strength seek his face evermore sometimes we don't have the strength to go on another day but he has strength he can give us strength and I'm, I'm going to be closing now. Um, and I have a, um, an old hymn that um, I grew up with. And I'm not going to sing it because you won't be around to hear me, <laughs> all of it. Um, I'm going to say it. And it says, I've anchored in Jesus the storms of life I'll brave. I've anchored in Jesus. I've anchored in Jesus. My foot, feet are on the solid ground, the Lord Jesus. I've anchored in Jesus. The storms of life I'll brave. I've anchored in Jesus. I fear no wind or wave. In that story, there were 35-foot waves. And everybody on that boat was scared. You may have your wind and your waves in your lives. We, as I said before, if we have you, if you've been on Earth any length of time, we all have sufferings and uh, storms. I've anchored in Jesus, for He hath power to save. Jesus, He made everything is done on the cross. There's a con contemporary song right now that says the cross has the final say. And when we're in the middle of our problems, 
We have to remember that. The cross has the final say. God is not done yet. God is not done yet. I've anchored in the rock of ages. Hebrews 6.19 says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence, the presence of God behind the veil. The Holy of Holies. We have a right now to come to the Holy of Holies to be in the presence of God. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, do not be afraid or discouraged. The Lord himself goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. And this morning, if you're not sure, if you're not sure where you stand with God, if you're not sure if he's there for you, if, you, uh, if it's been a long time before you prayed, a long time before you've been to church, I, I give you this. John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might have him life. <clears throat> But through him, the world might know him. But through him, the world might have salvation. If you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus this morning, you can pray with me. We're going to pray and close. Heavenly Father, I come to you, Lord, with any, any person that has, has heard my voice, any person that sees um, this live streaming, Lord, that you touch them, that they pray with me. Father God, forgive me. Father God, forgive me of my sins. For Father God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. He died and it is finished. The cross has the final say. I accept that, Lord God. I accept Jesus into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Be king of my life. Change my life. Help me, God, to give myself totally to you and commit myself totally to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I ask you to, if, if, something, if I prayed or said anything that has made the difference in your life, to call Pastor Kufel this week. New Life at 701-642-3487 and talk to him and tell him what this message has meant to you. God bless you and goodbye.